Jigs and Bigs is proud to announce we're being supported by Old Glory Outdoors. They're a veteran-owned company that carries fishing and hunting gear. Plus, they're highly active in supporting veteran organizations and charities. Old Glory is an authorized dealer of favorite rods, FX rods, Guggenbaits, X-Zone Lures, Sixth Sense, and many more. There's a brick-and-mortar store located in East Brookfield, Massachusetts, but you can also order online at oldgloryoutdoors.com. They ship anywhere in the lower 48 states or order online and pick up at the store. When you order, use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS and you'll save 10% off your complete order. Plus, you'll help support the show. Make sure to check out the apparel line called OGO Gear while you're there. Old Glory Outdoors believes in the slogan, start them young, to keep kids away from screens and enjoying nature. They've got a full array of live bait too. Check out oldgloryoutdoors.com and use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS, save some money, and gear up now. What's up, guys? Everybody, it is Bobby Roast Beef for Jigs and Bigs. Another episode here. It's Tuesday, and I hope you guys are ready for a good one, a real good one. In fact, I got Sean the Fisherman with me. Sean, how are we doing, buddy? Hey, Bobby. What's up? You know, I'm uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing a little bit better now than I was earlier this morning, and that's because I'm finally five days in on the board for the Chronic Trips tournament. So that's that's pretty nice. And I don't know if you heard, <laughs> but I got. I'm in second place for largemouth bass. That's that's, that's a three that's a three point fish right there. I'm feeling pretty damn good. Absolutely amazing. I did I do recall verifying mm-hmm. a second largemouth bass just happened to be what was it eight eight and three quarters eight and three quarters yeah beast yep. yeah a, n- right. a nine inch monster if you will slump breaker man you gotta have a slump breaker <laughs> absolutely hey I will take it and you know what's so this is what's crazy. I caught this fish on uh, on a Ned rig, right? On uh, uh, off a recommendation from uh, one of our past guests from uh, Largemouth Sass from from Megan Long. Um, I used the uh, from Reaction Tackle. Hey, I, my hat arrived today too. I'm uh, from Reaction Tackle. I was using one of their their tungsten. Um, uh, shaky heads and i was just using a, a rattle and ned same exact color and i tried this is only the second time i had, I had used this and i caught again another dink but the last fish i caught before this whole streak started was about that size on the exact exact same bait totally different body of water but yeah it's just that's all it was i, I just needed to continually downsize and you know crazy man just so many bait fish so many bait fish everywhere but god the bite is so finicky yep surprisingly that was um the the largemouth that is leading the category which if we're going to jump right into this this tournament talk let's let's go for it the uh the the beast that i caught uh this weekend was one of nine largemouth or eight eight largemouth i caught that day excuse me it was eight largemouth uh the other seven of the eight were 13 and a half inches or smaller yep and number eight was 20 inches all of them caught on a Ned rig yeah. in a small pond. I mean, you know me, I, I really love small waters. I think you can really get to know them, get to dissect them. And this particular body of water was a uh, a favorite of mine that um, 
has turned up a lot of really big fish for me over the years. Yeah. I love going there, but it is, it is feast or famine. Uh, it's actually pretty rare for me to go out there and catch, you know, what I did the other day where I got numerous small fish and a big fish. Usually it's either all small fish or all big fish. Yeah. You know? No, it makes so. sense. It makes sense. It is, it is Ned season though. It really is. And, and it's, it's just awesome. So it has been year of the Ned for me. I mean, I'll tell you that it is, I have lived and died with Ned all year. I have, uh, it's, it's funny this year I started out strong with the Ned and the TCR, um, same idea, same execution, you know, just using them in, in different, different areas of different levels of cover. But I had, uh, I had kind of stopped for a while. Like once we got to about June, I started to go more to like, you know, like for, for lighter, lower profile baits, I was throwing more like, you know, weightless Senkos and, and drop shotting and stuff. And, and then it was, you know, I don't know, I don't know what it was. I was just, I decided I was like, yeah, I think I can't really pinpoint them on the bottom, but I'm going to throw a Ned. Maybe that'll do it. And it was just, it was 100% absolutely getting bites that was not happening with uh, the jig I was throwing or the the Senko I was throwing or the paddle tail on underspin that I was throwing. None of that. None of that at all. So I'm glad, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to at least be in it. That is huge. Uh, You're on the board, man. Yep. That's all you need. It's good. It feels good. So with that said, I want to go ahead and uh, and thank uh, all the listeners to the show because a couple of, of, of cool things have, have gone on over the last week. So I had uh, a conversation with somebody about podcasting and about setting goals recently and the idea of having goals that you try to meet. And one of the goals that I set a long time ago was to hit 10,000 followers on Instagram. And primarily, the reason for that is so that we can then have the ability in our story to share links, you know, the swipe up to check out a link here. So that way, when we post something, a brand new episode, something like that, I can send somebody right to our website and they can figure out where they want to check out the show. This week, we have a f we have officially gone over the 6,000 follower mark. I had never expected this goal to hit even within the first year, and I'm floored that we're already, that we've grown to this amount. So, like, just massive thank you to everybody. <laughs> I thought that was the applause sound effect. It was definitely not applause. It sounded like we were being uh, mocked there. What, what crowd did you bring in? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was the applause sound effect. That was not the case. Oh, well. Anyway, I want to thank everybody for the following and everything. I mean, it's it's with this this summer alone, we've probably, uh, in, the, in the three months this summer, we've probably grown by 3,000 followers, and it's absolutely freaking unbelievable. So thank you so much for that, guys. Really, really means a lot. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, we'll, we, we'll, we got some good stuff coming up for you. Trust me. Uh, let's go ahead and shift gear, Sean. What should we do next? Yo, you're putting the ball in my court. Huh? Well, first off, I want to thank everybody, too. That's a lot of people that that tune in to listen to us bullshit about fishing and make jerky boys comments. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I've, it's I'm, a shit I'm, ton. I'm blown away. Hey, thanks, everybody. Uh, we'll try to continue to be entertaining. And I, I should add also, like, we've had an international audience for a while. And there's a, a whole list of countries that we've gone through. But this week alone, we've got our first listeners in Singapore, which is awesome. freaking mind-blowing. I can't believe it. You know? Cool. Yeah. Very cool. I'm, I'm psyched. Hey, this has been what? Uh, six months of this? About we've been doing this? Six months? We started so. in April. So yeah, yeah, we're looking at six months. That's crazy. 
I, I'm blown away. Yeah. I'm humbled. Yep. Humbled. Thanks everybody. And, uh, I, I, I don't know what else to say. Let's, uh, let's have some fun and talk some fishing. Absolutely. So we've got some good stuff coming up. We do. We yep. always do. We always do. So first, first thing I want to talk about real quick is, uh, y- you and I, I'm going to, I'm going to just kind of tease this out there. Tease we have it. a pretty cool, ev- I will, I'm teasing. Uh, we have a, a pretty cool event coming up, uh, this weekend. I'm not going to get into the locations at times or who's going to be involved because it is going to be an episode, um, of the podcast at some point in the future, which we, we have an idea of when it's going to air. But we have a special thing going on with a few of our quote-unquote extended family. Yep. Uh, we'll be doing a little fishing. And then we have a roundtable that, surprise, surprise, Sean the Fisherman becomes Sean the Podcast host. Yeah. So I will be hosting this, and you will be doing the recording. And we have a uh, little bit of a discussion to have, a particular discussion with a few people. So I- I'm looking forward to that. And, um, yeah, that's, I'm looking that's forward number to one. It. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to start out, we're going to fish. And then we're gonna go and, and record this uh, this episode. And and I should I should mention this that the episode you're talking about is going to drop in addition to a regular episode. We're in one of these these sort of pockets here, folks, where there are guests and interviews happening sometimes two to three in a week, and we're starting to really get ahead, at, which is fantastic. So what we decided to do is that this specialty episode, well, you know, you're gonna want to pay attention to your your device wherever. It it is that you listen to uh, Jinx and Biggs because your you know Apple Podcast app or your Spotify app should alert you when this new episode shows up, and uh, you, you probably won't be expecting it on this specific day. So get ready; it's going to be a whole lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I think that it's safe to say that depending on how the fishing that morning turns out, it could skew the conversation one way or the other. Could, could make it, it very could, fun. And, and- I don't know. All I can tell you is I know the arrangement of uh, who's going to be going in different boats yes. and who you'll be with in yep. particular. And all I can say is watch your backside. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Believe me. I'm uh, I'm, I'm, where I'm I'm definitely taking every precaution that I can, uh, you know, in advance for whatever the situation may be, you know. Yep. Yeah. There's the, 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 the gentleman you'll be boating with has a propensity to hurl pickerel at backsides. That's all I can tell you. I'm a victim myself. I'm I'm seeking therapy for it. It's it's a horrible, horrible situation. I I don't want to see you befall the same fate. Ah, it's all good. Hey, you know <laughs> we 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 need it. the lines are blurred. It's 2020. You know. <laughs> I get you. I get you. So, <laughs> wasn't there a nickname like, the pickerel something? Wasn't uh, there? We could start that, and it's gonna get it's gonna get NC17 real quick. Well. This in, well, actually, this interview is pretty G-rated. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think there was some. There was something. The pickerel something. I don't know. It'll 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 come to me. Leave it yeah. in the comments on our. Oh Instagram yes, it will. The yeah. dude. Hang on. <laughs> there yeah, we go. There you go. There we go. Very nice. All right. Well, let's let's shift gears. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing. Uh, you know, this is kind of going hand in hand with the uh, with the tournament, the multi species tournament that's going on right now. Yep. Um, trout stocking. Has begun across the state. Uh, I mentioned it, I think, in the fishing report last week. Well, it is all over the place now. So you can go on the Massachusetts uh, ECR site and you can see that little trout stocking map and see if your favorite pond has been hit with uh, rainbows or browns. So that's all I got on that. If you're in the tournament, that becomes very important. Because, yeah, it does. You know, a stupid 12-inch stock trout that has never seen any sort of lure in its life 
that could be worth a point. It could be worth three points, could be worth four points. You never know. Yeah. So get out there, uh, you know, do the research first. And uh, if you're out at uh, your pond and uh, or your lake and you're out fishing for bass and you've done well, maybe shift gears for trout. See if you can land one. So there's a thought. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And we, we had talked about how this chronic trips tournament being a multi-species tournament, you're, you're really doing a disservice if you're just targeting what you're used to catching. You know, you really do have to get out of your comfort zone, uh, at least a little bit and, uh, and, and, you know, experiment a little bit with different species as far as, uh, you know, putting a variety of species on all of the boards to kind of really, really, Go and, and, and win this sucker. So absolutely, man. I I had seen uh what was it? Uh, recently somebody had posted in one of the, the Western Mass fishing Facebook groups about the trout stocking and that I think that they were trying to delay posting when certain lakes so just so that they would eliminate like the truck followers. But yep. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. So uh, you know it, it's definitely yeah, I think worth looking at. They don't at. they don't post to my knowledge, they don't post when and where yeah um they just say eventually your lake will get posted or your lake will get uh stocked within the next week or two or three weeks whatever it is yeah but i don't think they say hey thursday we're going to this particular body of water show up with your nets and buckets yeah exactly exactly because there's there's people with you know i i get people can't help themselves you know yeah it is what it is what are you going to do exactly yep it is what it is man unbelievable but yeah those stalkers can add up you know yeah hey it's it's all you need i think uh i can't remember it was the august or the june tournament i was out in a knockout tournament a one-on-one and i think i think the second or third fish i caught was a trout a rainbow trout smacked a lure and yeah that put me on the board for that and i didn't have to worry about it i want to say it was june yeah i think it was, I think it was june. june i i think i got lucky on that and i mean i got smoked that day on bass by by my competitor but i got that trout and kind of turned the day around on me. You know, that was, that was rather nice. Definitely. So yeah, that's good stuff. Not too bad. So, so you want to get some specifics here on the, uh, on the chronic trips? Yeah. Let's I got, jump I into it. Stuff for you. I love it. All right. So last podcast, we talked a little bit, there were a couple of issues that were um, popping up, particularly with, uh, it turned out a lot of iPhone users were having issues with their, uh, their, their submissions. So I got on the phone with tech support, uh, mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? I take it back. It was not the podcast we talked about it on. It was during one of the uh, the tests for live streaming where we talked about. That's it. right. Yeah, that's right. I was killing. We were killing time to see mm-hmm. the uh, to make sure that my my computer did not misbehave. You know, timing out. So, um, yeah, that that issue has been uh, resolved. If there are any further issues for iPhone users in the tournament, when you go to submit your fish, just leave that window open. There is a. There are two little check marks that should appear. One's for media, and one is for Bobby. Help me out. I think it's like information or data. I forget the term that's used. Um, wait till both of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wait think till I, both of them get checked. There's a little check mark. Yep. And uh, then I'll be able to see both, and we're we're good. Usually the data one goes through real quick, and then the media one uh, takes a little bit longer. That's you know makes sense mm-hmm. because usually the pictures got a little more uh, a little more info in it there. So. Uh, that was issue number one. Issue number two, um, the uh, oh, I'm sorry, I did I did have a couple other things to talk about. With we got we got a few issues, but they're yeah. they're little ones. Okay, so the measuring boards. Uh, I know not everyone has a uh, 
ruler with a horizontal and a vertical edge. Um, there's a couple of, of, of people out there that are still using, um, you know, tape measures. And I understand you got to do what you got to do, especially with saltwater fish. But if you guys could get a hold of one of those, preferably, a, you know, a catch board or a hog trough, if you're planning on fishing tournaments in the future, catch board is going to be the way to go. You've heard that before. You're going to yeah. you know, keep hearing me harp on it. Um, for our tournament, we are completely cool with the hog troughs, but a couple things that should be done to the hog troughs, take a sticker or duct tape or something on the, on the vertical edge, put it up there. It helps show where the fish is touching the board. Um, second thing, the crease where the vertical and horizontal edges meet, take a magic marker, outline that crease. Uh, I think I have plenty of pictures from fish I've turned in. You can look at the, the previous tournaments. You can see that line that helps. That helps the judge see where the uh, the fish is breaking and hitting that vertical plane. Mm -hmm. Also, all of the lines, please darken them in again with a sharpie. Uh, that that's going to help you because, you know, if I see it breaking a 16 inch, and it's you know actually breaking and not darkened in 16 and a half, that really could make a difference. It definitely could. But you're putting me in a rough you know rough position. And that's that's where a lot of those. Um, the, the metal rulers that are not concave like a hog trough or a catch have issues is sometimes they don't even go down to the quarter inch. Sometimes they're just by inch or by half inch. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so help us out there. Um, the next thing I want to touch on, and I, I've been reaching out to people as I see this and it's, again, I am not uh, the Gestapo tournament director. I am doing everything I can to keep this tournament really fun and light and, Anybody that has turned in a fish, if there's any sort of issue so far with the mouth being open, I've generally reached out and said, hey, uh, do me a favor next time, you know, you have a fish, try to get its mouth closed. It Clamp helps out. It makes it down. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I recommend it to somebody, you know, if it's a perch, just smash it. <laughs> oh my God. It's a lesson. You know, whatever. It's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I was expecting ex uh, applause on that one. So no. No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah get the mouths closed it, it, it's a cleaner measurement it's more accurate help us help us out with that um obviously if your fish has teeth a pickerel a pike a bluefish name a species with with nasty teeth be really careful don't put uh don't put your hand by its mouth yep. um do what you can if it's open i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get picky with stuff with teeth uh safety first don't get cut we don't need that in the tournament um Next up, two last the two last things. These are my last two things on the on the nitpicking. Um, so if you are going to sign up for the tournament, okay, there are two categories. One of them is for sponsors like Bobby Rose Beef uh, and Joe from Old Glory. There's another sponsor. The other uh, part of that category is can athletes. So myself, uh, Mark Huard, yep. uh, Brock Jenkins, Brock. Yep. Uh, Seth Frapier. We're all part of Chronic Trips. We. we we're not, you know, we're volunteers for them. So if you jump in on the tournament, uh, you got to put competitor. Uh, at this point, I think all the can athletes are already in and the sponsors are already in. Yep. So just make sure you're competitor. If I see somebody in the wrong category, I can, I can change it, but just, it saves me a, you know, a, a back and forth between, uh, myself and fish doggy. So mm -hmm. help me out that way. If you basically, if no one's ever called you a can athlete, you're not a can athlete. If you don't have a sweatshirt that says can athlete, yeah. you're not a can athlete. Yeah. If yeah. you don't have a, a sweatshirt that's a, that, 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 that gives you the, uh, that elevated status, you're not yes. a can athlete. True. 
Very, very. If you don't punch you, trout in the mouth, you are not a can athlete. You might live a lifestyle that you think allows you to be considered a can athlete. <laughs> I'm here to tell you. If you don't have that damn sweatshirt, you're not a can athlete. True. <laughs> that is that is true. True words have never been spoken. It's true. Yep. So yeah, close those mouths, get good rulers. And finally, uh, I will be doing updated standings with the point system in there because that's not reflected on Fish Donkey. I will do mm-hmm. a blog entry for that every Thursday. It'll be very quick. Um, so check out the Jigs and Bigs webpage. It'll be on there on Thursdays. Yeah. Yeah, I think so that'll podcast- make it really, really cool as as a way to just kind of get a, a quick sort of idea of where you are points-wise, you know, versus just looking at the, the the standing in inches and having to try to figure it out on your own. When you when you look at the points, I think that's very, very cool. Yep, yep. I'm just making it easy. Make it, The information will be there. Um, so more than likely, my fishing report will drop on Wednesday or Thursday, and right there with it will be the updated standings. Plus, there are a certain amount of prizes that are incremental and they're only one shot. Mm-hmm. So they're going to go quick. And that leads me right into the next, the next uh, update here. We have our first prize winner. Oh, so we do officially. My good, my good friend Nelson went out and sat on top of a school of black bass That's uh, right. somewhere off, off the coast. And he broke a hundred inches uh, yesterday. So congrats to Nelson. You're in the competitor category, broke a hundred inches. Um, on the other side, on the can athlete sponsor side, I think I'm the closest to 100 inches. I think I'm at like 97 or something like that. Mark's behind me at 66, but that doesn't matter. The man, the man, you know, farts trout, so it's just a matter of time. You know, he'll catch up. So one of the two of us will get there. I'm so unless somebody else jumps ahead, but that hasn't been uh, hasn't been taken yet. And I will say this. Just on a little tangent here. Basically, with an eight-inch minimum, there's a number of categories that that I haven't filled yet. I mean, it's only five days into the tournament. Yep. So even an eight-inch bluegill would put me over 100 inches. So you and I know I had an errand to run today, and uh, I brought a rod with me. And there's one particular uh, lake up in the Berkshires, up to Shears. Up to Shears. Up to Shears that you and I have fished numerous times that has a a bit of a, a channel and a spillway. And I've always seen bluegills in that channel and spillway. So I brought a spinning rod and a little tiny circle hood and, uh, and some night crawlers and a split shot. And I went to work and I found how difficult it is to catch a large bluegill in the fall (laughs) in shallow water. I yanked out, uh, what I say, I think it was four or five, uh, like four inches and a small perch. So there were fish in there, but oh, I couldn't get I, I couldn't get an eight incher. I, I I only had 20, 30 minutes to fish, so yeah, that was that was pretty brutal. That's rough. <laughs> yeah, that is that rough. sucked. So yeah, this uh, this 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 type of tournament really makes you fish outside of your comfort zone, and that is definitely what I did today because I cannot tell you the last time I I stalked a shoreline with you know light tackle and 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 live worms you know just hoping for bluegills maybe when i was 13 14 years old oh, i have yeah. no idea yeah i well and already in the perch category the um for can athletes we've got two entries there one from seth we have three Do no we, we have got three. three yeah seth i think seth and mark each have a white perch and i have a yellow perch and you have a yellow perch okay all right very yes. nice oh you know what 
last thing I want to, I'm sorry, I forgot to, to talk about this. So um, I got contacted by Seth today with kind of an oddball question from a, from a contestant. Okay. And um, there was some confusion. So with this being a national tournament, um, certain fish have certain names or certain references in different parts of the country. So for example, a perch in the Northeast, that's what we refer to a yellow perch as, you know, or a white perch. Yep. Um, usually the yellow or white will come in there for distinction, but most of the time you say a perch, it's going to be a yellow perch. But in the South, in Southern states, uh, perch can mean a lot of different things. It can mean different kinds of panfish, like bluegills. Oh, yeah. They call, some of them they'll call them perch. So we got a question today regarding um, in the sunfish category, which I actually thought the sunfish itself was going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, people thinking that when I wrote down sunfish, it was – going to be like one of those large sunfish uh, what do they call them uh, mola molas you know the big ones the, at the saltwater ones right yes correct yeah. like the, those two those two guys from boston uh, on the boat screaming up oh screaming out shit being a sea turtle. yeah holy shit would you look at this thing yeah jay says it's a sea turtle <laughs> it's <laughs> a baby two. wheel yes those guys so that's that's a sunfish but no the sunfish i'm referring to is the freshwater family of sunfish that are Bluegills, uh, green sunfish, pumpkin, pumpkin seeds. seeds. Yeah, I threw rock bass in there, which is where the confusion was caused today because rock fish is a saltwater reference to in Maryland striped bass, but out on the West Coast, yeah. I have no idea, but they call it something else. So, to answer the question, you know who you are if you're listening to the podcast. <laughs> a rock bass is a little tiny uh, relative of. Bluegills and pumpkin seeds, it generally has a red eye. Yep. So, yep, that's that. Okay, on to more fun. Yeah. So, a couple other notes on the uh, competitor category. Um, as we, we've we seen every tournament, the most popular entry, you know, is always going to be largemouth. So, there's six in there now. I believe there's an 18-incher leading the, leading the way, and I think it might even be two 18-inchers. Um, so, that's fantastic. You know, people are, people are out there fishing. We know largemouth bass – are, are incredibly popular and that's just the way it's going to be. And, and, you know, the tournament reflects that. So the standings for the competitors right now, we have Nelson with 12. So Nelson, his breakdown is pretty simple. He's got that school of black bass sitting in the, uh, in the any five category. So that's four points. He's winning mm-hmm. that. He's got a bluefish. He got a bluefish while he was out there on the ocean. So that's another four points. And then Nelson's the only competitor to put in a bluegill over eight inches. So that's 12 points for him. That's how simple that is. Yeah. You know, this, again, we always stress the, the multi-species aspect of this. This isn't a big bass contest. Will a big bass net you points? Of course. Will a big pike net you, net you points? Of course. But if you just catch a bass and a pike, you're in trouble. <laughs> so, yeah, um, so get out there true. and catch as many as possible. Um, in second place on the competitor side, we've got Jay Manning with 10 points. And in third place, we have Nate Shagnon. Uh, Nate, Nate and I fished together in a couple of uh, KBF events um, out on the eastern side of the state. I had a, a pretty good talk with him at the last event we fished over in, where the hell was it? It was Hopkinton, I believe. Uh, tournament that it was, had kind of a, everyone had a rough go at it. It was a kind of a bluebird day. It wasn't really conducive for bass, and, and the fish that were caught were, were hard to come by. Um, but uh, Nate was immediately interested in what we were doing with Chronic Trips, and he had, he had a couple of good stories, which I think I relayed to you, which were pretty funny. And, oh, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, he said he would look into the tournament, and here he is after almost a week done sitting in third place. So so good for you, Nate, and welcome to the competition, and hope you enjoy it. So over on the uh, the Can Athlete sponsor side, uh, the biggest note is Seth got out and fished. Seth went out with Mark. They hoped to punch some trout. Seth caught a nice white perch. He's sitting in first, so good for him. Yeah, it's not a bad spot to be. That's a four-point fish. That is a four-point fish. Um, and then um, also uh, Joe from Old Glory is sitting in, um, sitting uh, tied in third with Seth with uh, his four points. He's leading the pickerel category, which, yep. which Joe, I just want to – I just want to let you know, once again, Pickerel Apocalypse October version is coming. Just wait. Just wait. I'm, I'm going to place it around October 17th, but just wait. Pickerel Apocalypse will be here. I'll, I'll, I'll beware. <laughs> Do we trademark that? Pickerel Apocalypse? I don't, I don't think it... <laughs> I, I think it needs its own t-shirt. <laughs> I do. I think it needs its own t-shirt. It definitely does. Yep. And, and if we do that, we have to send one to Becca because she hates Pickerel. Good. Truth uh, yeah. Everybody just, hates pickle. I've I've really come to enjoy them. I I, I do they're too. Natives, they're all right. Yeah, you know they're massholes. You no, know, well, they're fine. They're just toothy. Just got to be careful. Yeah. But uh, anyways, I can so, never get a good pickerel when I'm looking for one. But when I'm looking well, for big bass, I can get like an 18 incher all day. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's just, I know. Um, it's crazy. I know the, the plans have changed that you were you were planning on on joining me out on the 17th uh, for Pickerel Apocalypse, but uh, you have yep. another event, which I think you have talked about already or will talk about another time or what? Um, no, we haven't talked about it yet. Uh, so should I should I jump into that now? Uh, let me kill this first. Go, and we'll go that way. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Yeah. So uh, all right. So let's let's go back to that. So so Joe and Seth third place four points. Uh, Mark Huard. Big surprise. Second place, nine points. Dominating the trout categories. I think he's got a perch in there, too. And then uh, I am sitting on top with 15 right now based on the backs of that uh, that massive bass I caught out of that small mm-hmm. pond. And um, what else did I get? I got something weird. Oh, I, got, I accidentally caught a crappie one day. That was over eight inches. That's so right. That was nice. Yeah. And then uh, I think I'm leading the... Um, any I think five. I'm leading the any, any five. Yeah, any five. Yeah, so I have any five. I think I've got second place for perch, first place for bass, first place for for crappie right now. And, you know, we're five days in. I, You know, people are going to get out there and fish, and I, I seriously doubt that crappie and my perch are going to last, you know, especially with the weather cooling. No, the, uh, that's exactly it. Anything can happen. I mean, when you look at the bass standings in the, in the sponsors and can athletes, uh, first place is a 20 inch largemouth. Second place is eight and three quarter inches. So pretty much anybody who goes in and, uh, outdoes that eight and three quarters, which is not going to be difficult is going to get, turn that three point fish into a two point fish and pick up three for themselves. Yes. You know? and, and you're actually lucky that that fish is sitting at the three points right now, because if you, uh, if you notice, I, I saw on Facebook before we started recording that, yep. that Joe, uh, that Old Glory Outdoors had had posted a couple pictures from the tournaments they were in this past weekend. I mm-hmm. believe it was uh, Joe and Ryan of the Lunker Lads. Am I yep, correct on I that? I think so. Okay, so so they had gone and fished Kongamon, and I th- it sounds like their their second tournament either got canceled. I don't know. I'll have to talk to Joe this week and see what happened. It'll mm-hmm. be in my report. But um, they were holding up uh, pictures of I believe three nice bass that looked yeah. in the two pound range, which you know, we're probably bigger than eight, you know, 0.75 oh, inches. Oh, easily, easily. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, so here's the backstory. Once the uh, the technical issues got solved with the fish donkey noise the second day of the tournament, um, the Chronic Trips tournament, uh, I had sent a text to Joe. I actually had to drop off one of the hog troughs in my possession at Kongamon at his truck while he was fishing. Oh, okay. And I, I asked him, I said, how are you guys doing? And he said, great. And I said, well, I haven't heard the donkey go off. And he said, oh, well, they're in the live well. So I said, great. He's got fish in the live well, right? And then I harassed him for the next five to 10 minutes about, I want the donkey noise right now, like a small child. And I put my phone down as I was driving to the, to the lake <laughs> and the donkey went off and I looked and it said new leader, Joe with a pickerel. And I said, great. So I, he hasn't submitted any bass and then the pictures pop up. So I sent him a text about an hour ago and said, Hey, what happened to those bass? He goes, we weighed them in at the weigh in, put them in the water and looked at ourselves and said, Oh shit, we forgot to measure them on the rulers and submit them. <laughs> so what I always do for future reference is I always measure everything and submit them to tournaments and keep them in the net until I make sure all of my pictures are good. Yeah. And then I release them. So Joe, good fish. That sucks. I harassed you enough online or on, on the, uh, on the phone, on the, on the old texting machine. I harassed you. So I'm done now. <laughs> That's, oh man, that, what that... other, what other podcasts bust their sponsors? Balls I know what a, what a bunch of like, <laughs> publicly we're, we're, we're major assholes. We're degenerate. <laughs> Terrible. But I mean, you know, and that's, that's the thing though. It's like this style of, of competing is especially like what's even crazier is when you're in a tournament, you know, and you've got all these fish in the live well, you're going to weigh them all in. And then it's just that one little change right at the end. And I mean, at least I had the board. I've I've gone out to fish and caught fish that would have gotten me points and you know forgotten the board at home. Yeah. Cause yeah, that smallmouth I'm last time, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it was in June. I did, I couldn't get on a uh, I, I couldn't get on a smallmouth that was gonna do anything for me last last month in, in, in August. But in June, I had a good one. I had a fifteen early on and it just wouldn't wouldn't have done anything for me because I forgot the damn the the damn board at home. So Yep. So now I, I walk around with that catch board like it's my infant child. I'm like, nope, here we go. We're going to go and, yep. you know, we're going to make this Smart. happen. Smart Freaking move. unbelievable. Let me go ahead and mention the event with Old Glory Outdoors since we were just kind of like busting Joe's chops with uh, with, with the last bit there. But uh, Old Glory Outdoors is in the process. They're starting in an annual event. Uh, so this uh, Saturday, the 17th. Uh, at uh, Singletary Pond in Millbury, uh, there is the first annual Old Glory Outdoors Fall Bash. Now, it is a bass tournament. They are limiting it to uh, 12 boats. They're maxed out at 12 boats for that day. But there is a waiting list. So if you're interested and somebody, you know, day of can't do it, you can jump in in that spot. There is a list that you can go ahead and set that up. Entry fee is $100 per boat. There's a $25 lunker fee. So a whole lot of fun to be had. Um, boats need to have a working live well. The event coordinators reserve the right to inspect the live wells. Prior to the start is normal. 
Uh, you can register at Old Glory Outdoors in East Brookfield, Mass., or you can also email oldgloryoutdoorsusa at gmail.com to claim a spot. Once you're registered, you'll receive the full rules of the tournament and then be required to sign a waiver for it. Very, very typical. Uh, there are only 12 boats registered, but there, like I said, there is a waiting list in case there's any cancellations. Uh, and the th- part that involves myself is that uh, we're going to have a booth set up with uh, Jigs and Bigs and Hooks at Hoodlums, and we will be... Um, you know, we're going to have stuff available for you to check out. I'm going to have some Jigs and Big stickers. We'd love to meet listeners of the show, introduce some people to the show. We're going to be sticking around during weigh-in and stuff, and I think we will be doing quite a bit of fishing, actually, right there from the launch in between uh, as things get going. So we're, we're going to have a good time. We're 100% going to have a great time with this. Any questions at all, go ahead and call Joe over at Old Glory Outdoors, 508-612-1838, or email oldgloryoutdoors.com. USA at gmail.com. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. And while, you know, Sean will be going on P- uh, Pickerel Apocalypse, I uh, I am planning on on throwing uh, a- as much as I can, probably even going to pick up some live bait over at Old Glory and uh, and, and, and get get as, uh, as crazy as I can with the multi-species as, as much as possible. So, And this will be my first time over at that body of water specifically, so I'm looking forward to it. So it should be awesome. a whole lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be really, really great. So, I mean, we've got the next two weeks in a row – We've got some good, good uh, jigs and big stuff going on. We've got our special episode, and then that tournament's coming. And then, I mean, just there's so much good stuff in the works. I should, I want to throw this out there too, because there has been a lot of talk back and forth. Uh, there is a, a little um, a DM, uh, a group DM amongst the Hookset Hoodlums pro staff, all of them, uh, and Joe from Old Glory. We've been talking about an upcoming uh, podcast special where we're going to be featuring. Uh, well, a game show, really, for for lack of a better word. We're going to have a game show. We're going to pit the pro staffers against one another uh, to see who knows their stuff when it comes to fishing, when it comes to this podcast, perhaps, when it comes to uh, some records, as well as, you know, just some good, good old-fashioned fun questions that we'll have in there as well. And the database is all complete. Sean the Fisherman has done... I would have to say an A++ job putting together these questions. They are fantastic. Then I'm going to give them the the Bobby Roast beef uh, once over and arrange them in a, a fun sort of little fashion. But this involves Jigs and Bigs listeners as well. So the reason why I say that is you're going to want to go ahead and follow Hookset Hoodlums right now, track down the pro staffers, and follow all of them because essentially – this is what's going to happen. All of you guys, the listeners, will have an opportunity to go ahead and, uh, well, there's going to be specialized posts that will come out, essentially rallying support for those individual pro staffers. Join one, join them all. Wait, it doesn't even matter. Go ahead and uh, and show your support for, for them. But essentially what's going to happen is this. We're in the process of putting together an amazing, like a goodie bag, really, like a huge basket of, uh, of good stuff stuff great prizes up for grabs i mean we're talking about like brand new rod and reel combo uh we're talking about all kinds of apparel and baits uh all kinds of stuff from a lot of just 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 friends that we've made uh 
with this show, uh, we're going to all come together and put something fantastic together. And here's the thing. The winner of the game show will get to use the post on their page as a contest giveaway. So if you've entered the contest and done everything right, they'll use a random uh, comment generator, and then they'll pick a, uh, a random comment, and then boom, that is our winner right there. So it's going to be good stuff. That is coming in the uh, in the months to come when everybody is in, in New England is all either fishing hard water or is, you know, locked in their basements, you know, cleaning reels. That's skim, skim ice time would be the best when you can't, you can't fish because the water's not open, but you can't walk on the ice. That's true. Skim ice would be ideal, but I, you know, I I would like to mention about those questions. I mean, you and I had a little bit of a back and forth because I showed you my, my first five or six and you were like, dude, these are too hard. Yeah. I did temper it. I I tempered it down. So there, those five are still in there, but they're, there's some other ones that are tough. There's, um, you know, I definitely tempered it down so that every question is not, you know, you don't need to be a, an ichthyologist to answer it. Exactly. Or you don't need to know the entire history of the BASS organization, for example. And or, you know what I mean? I, I tempered it down, but I would like to see, Bobby, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put, the, put the, the heat on you right here. Okay, lay it on me. I, want, I don't care how difficult my questions are. If no one can answer one of those questions... There is a video clip that you and I discussed, and I believe I sent to you. Oh, yes. I would like played every time somebody can't get one of my questions on my behalf. We We're going to leave that hanging. I'm not going to tell anybody yeah. what it is. I prefer you not either. But if you're watching this thing live and nobody gets a question, yep. oh, there's going to be a punchline if, if you would use it. Yeah, I, I I can definitely do. Might have to add it in post for the podcast, but I can definitely, definitely do that. Definitely. I I will laugh every time I see it. So I will say this much about regarding the questions is that I'm a firm believer in what I call as question dynamics. So you don't have, you know, a bunch of like easy ones just lobbed right over the plate where you're asking like, hey, what color's the sky or blah, blah, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and you also never know what other people know. And then there's also the fact that a lot of these questions are intended to be multiple choice, but... Uh, some of the more difficult ones might stay that way. Some of the easier ones may not. And that's what I think is going to make it so, so interesting. It'll be a whole lot of fun. I actually, uh, I just, just, just had an, um, uh, an interview with uh, uh, an FLW uh, co- tournament angler, uh, Charlie Sosha. And we were talking about, I was telling him in the interview about this. I said, it's going to be coming up. I would love to organize something with other, you know, um, other tournament anglers that are out in like in either FLW or he's going to be changing over to, you know, another club uh, potentially. So getting out there and doing this again. So this is something that I do see happening further down the line as we go. Uh, We just, it just comes down to like coming up with some killer content. And I think, I think you set the bar right where it needs to be, Sean. I think these questions are great. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead. And uh, is there anything else we need to do here? So yeah, I only have a couple of uh, a couple of thank yous. Uh, well, one's a thank you, one is not. I'll, I'll get into that. Uh, the first thank you. Um, following up on what you said about having stickers at the event. Yes. Um, you you and I had a fantastic local experience with Copycat Printing over in West Springfield. Uh, they made our stickers. We got a new round of stickers after uh, some of the trials and tribulations I've had on on sticker purchasing online. Um, we we think we found our sticker guy. So thanks to Bob over there. He did a fantastic job. Uh, we have a limited amount now. We will be restocking soon. Yep. 
Um, but get them all or how we've set a couple aside for some of the, uh, the listeners that have asked in the past. So, um, yeah, thanks. Thanks again, Bob. And, uh, we had a great experience at copycat. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, uh, and I'll tell you more than anything, I'm really, really, really excited. We we're able to go and make a change over somewhere local where yep. we, we didn't have to break the bank to do it, you know, and I, in, in a way, I kind of feel like the stickers that we have now are even, even better quality than the ones that we started with before. You know, these are, these are great, but there's something uh, about, I, I, I think they're more of a matte finish. And, yep. uh, and, and they just seem super durable. So I think for, if you're going to take these stickers and throw them either on your truck or on your, your kayak or on your boat, this is great because they'll, they'll hold up and they'll last really, really well. So awesome. Yeah. That's a, that's yep. a really good, good, good point because yeah, I've had a lot of people who have asked me about stickers delirious, just asked me about them. And he's like, when do you get more stickers, man? I got to get, get some stickers for my boats, you know, and, and work all this out. So I'm glad I got some stuff that we can hook them up with. I got to send him some. Cool. Second, second thank you is to uh, Mrs. Mitchell's. We hit that place again. Thanks, Orla. Oh, Great yeah. Great food. Go to Mrs. If you guys are in Holyoke and you want good, authentic Irish breakfast, hit Mrs. Mitchell's. My God. Yeah. That food is so good. It is. It's fantastic. And it's it's yeah. awesome. Reasonable, amazing service. Great coffee. Like, it's, it's fantastic. Yep. And uh, my final thank you. Uh, we're recording right now. It is my wife's birthday. Oh, so really? I'd like to... It's like Mrs. The her. Fisherman's birthday? Yes. I'd like to thank her for, for, for putting up with my particular brand of bullshit over the years. She's flipping me off from the couch <laughs> right sure now. I'm sure she is. <laughs> and shaking your head. Oh, I got a middle finger hoisted you guys my are way. stupid. <laughs> so I love you, Kel. Happy birthday. And uh, thank you. Nice. Any big birthday smile, plans? No middle finger right there. Oh, that's good. That's good. Any, 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 any surprise birthday plans? No, dude. Today was a rough day. We, uh, you yeah. and I have talked about. It. I had quite a few things pop up that were uh, unexpected, and um, uh, she actually just returned from a trip. So we're. we're oh yeah, that's right. She was out of town. Yeah, so we're hunkered down. This was a quiet birthday. Not a bad idea. <laughs> Not yep. a bad idea at all. Very yep. nice, man. I think uh, I think that about covers all of our bases. So go ahead, folks, and uh, stick around because after this we have um, story number three from the Dude Bud series of Sean the Fisherman stories and uh, an interview with a YouTuber that uh, many of you are are familiar with, and uh, he's got a very very loyal following. They definitely they they love this guy Debo uh, from Debo's Fishing is uh, coming up after the break. Stick around, and uh, we'll see you in a bit. Anything else, Sean? Yeah, I, I, I actually uh, talked real briefly with the dude bud the other day. Oh, really? To get, re- to get a review, to make sure everything was going well. And we have a two-thumbs-up approval from the dude bud. Really? Uh, he, is en- he is enjoying reeling in the ears with the rest of us. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to have approval. I, I, I did let him know we were going to talk a little bit about some of the fun adventures we've had. And, and he was kind of curious, and we got thumbs up. So, <laughs> So let's see if he still approves after a few more of these stories. I, th- I think it'll be good. I don't think there's anything uh, too crazy. I do have to admit, I, my creative liberties with the first one about how the dude bud got his his name, his moniker, uh, when I slowed it down with the dude fuck, oh, hey, dude bud, oh, dude bud. Yeah. Like, I... Yeah, you, you had some fun with it. I you did. Took your creative, 
He took a creative license. I mean, just just to set the record straight, the actual quote was, and please don't monkey with this, Rob. I won't. The actual quote was in 1992, how you doing? What are you doing this weekend? What'd you do last weekend? Whatever the question was. The answer was, dude, bud, fuck, hey, bud, dude, walked away. That was the actual quote. It's the only okay, way. So thank That's all you I got to set the record straight. Yeah. Although I did laugh my ass off when I heard your... Your uh, your DJing come into play. <laughs> oh, it was good stuff. Excellent, excellent yeah. stuff. All right, so we're going to go ahead and throw it a break right now. When we come back, we've got great stuff for you, including Debo. Really, really good interview there. There was a great conversation. Really glad I was able to have that. Guys, we got amazing stuff coming up. And uh, I want to tell you that uh, we really appreciate all of the uh, ratings and reviews that you guys have been giving us over at, uh, specifically with the Apple Podcast platform. Uh, We've been getting a lot of growth over there. So I appreciate you guys very, very much. We'll be back after this break. Don't go too far. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Sean. Hey, everybody, this is Sean the Fisherman, uh, continuing my Dude Bud series of stories. So today I just want to talk about two things, uh, two instances, and well, actually one was a repeated behavior. Uh, his father uh, would, would display usually when I came over. So one was a repeated behavior. There was a small hill between the dude bud's house and the, the, the uh, body of water we always fished. And his father would let us use the canoe. So we would load it up with gear. And during the middle of summer, that, that hill was really nasty to go back up with a canoe loaded up with fishing gear. And we were both in high school. It's not like we were, you know, muscle heads. So when we would get back to his house, his father would inevitably every time be waiting for us to hurl insults. Now, some of the stuff he said, I can't repeat because, you know, it was, it was the early nineties and terminology and insults have definitely changed over time. But usually the gist was, well, well, well. What are you two assholes going to lie about to me today? Every time, every time. And it usually was much worse. The other thing I remember about his father was going into their house one day and him screaming, (laughs) screaming on the phone to one of his friends about a third party. They both knew who apparently had some, some boat problems. I remember him screaming on the phone. I told that guy, fix it, fix the fucking fiberglass and a goddamn bottom of the hauler. I'd go down there and do it myself. That's all I remember. I remember going outside and laughing after that. All I got for you today, Dude Bud Stories continue next week. I'm Sean the Fisherman. All righty, everybody. We're back. at uh, It's Jigs and Bigs, and it's Bobby Rose Beef, and it's, uh, it's time for our interview segment of uh, this week's episode. I have... Uh, well, I have I have a, a guy on right now that needs really no introduction at all. In fact, when I say his name, you're going to know exactly who I am talking about. Uh, you've probably watched some of his videos on 
on on YouTube before and uh, probably learned quite a bit from him. I've got none other than Debo on the on the horn with me now. Debo, how you doing, bud? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm actually doing I'm doing really really well. Things are uh, are happening here. We're winding into the uh, the fall transition up up here in New England and. You know, it's I've been struggling a little bit, but I'm looking forward to a really good October. I hope so. I hope so here as well. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's always a tough time. So it's, yep. I, we got a cold, cold uh, streaks come through here. So it's been it's been weird. It's been a weird fall. Oh yeah, no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's just, I mean, it, it's such a cool time to fish. Like it really, really is. They get super aggressive. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really, really excited about it. Let's go ahead and uh, why don't you do do this? Well, tell me a little bit about. Now I've heard in some of your videos you mentioned that you you fish with your father, and uh, you, is that where you learned to fish? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pops, pops, and my grandpa. Uh, you know, my dad was huge in teaching me to fish young, and you know how to use a, a bait caster when I was young, and just nice. you know completely hands on. So that's that's what I preach as well. Get them started early. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can't learn unless you're out there. So. How how old were you when you when you first got started? Oh gosh, I mean, I was a little guy, probably five years old when I started yeah. going out in the boat with him. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. Yeah, there's uh, our show has uh, a sponsor, Old Glory Outdoors, and the the owner of OGO. They've got uh, they've got a pair of twins, and they're the right in that age. I, th- I think they're six, and like they're just they're all about it. Absolutely all about. It. So fired up. As a matter of fact. Was it this weekend? I think they went for the salmon run with their grandfather, and I saw some pictures on the Old Glory Outdoors uh, Instagram, and they're just getting on them, and, and just smiles on, on 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 the kids' faces, like ear to ear, unbelievable. So yeah, you no, got you got to start them young. Got to start them young. What has been your? How did that passion got like this? You 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 started with with family, and you learned how to fish. How did did that develop as you got? got older to progress to the point where you started creating content and, and sort of really taking fishing seriously. Tell me a little bit about that journey. Um, well, I fished quite a lot all the way up through high school mm-hmm. and then, you know, you know, my, my old man was always very outdoorsy. So hunting, fishing, you know, we did all that stuff, yep. camping. Um, so it was always fun, you know, just to get away and go hang out and just be outdoors and then once I hit college, um, I actually did MMA and jujitsu for uh, like 13 years straight, pretty hard. Oh, really? Um, I helped coach. Yeah. So I kind of took um, it kind of took the backseat. That was the the main priority and focus was the guys yeah. at the gym and all that. And then uh, I hurt my neck pretty bad. That's been about eight years ago. Oh wow! Dude. Uh, yeah. So I stopped training, and you know I've got a family now. Right about the same time, I had just had uh, my first daughter. And then hurt my neck and, you know, there were other things like, and I'm like, is this worth it? You know, what, what, what am I doing? I'm I'm not going to be a UFC pro. Um, and then I just slowly kind of started getting back into fishing. You know, it's, it's something you can do no matter what your age is. Definitely. Um, it's relaxing and it just kind of got me back on that journey. And then, God, I mean, and I remember who it was then. I think it was Cornell with YouTube fishing viz was the first, cause I was never big into like watching a lot of YouTube or anything mm-hmm. and. I happened to stumble on it. I don't remember how and watched him and started kind of getting into the YouTube stuff and thought, man, you know what? I should, I should start filming some of my stuff. Cause I had some buddies that are like, you're a great teacher. Why don't you just, you know, film some stuff and at least you've got your, you know, your fishing and stuff documented. So it was going to be kind of a way for me just to document, you know, cause you go back and look at pictures from 
the year before, two years ago. Oh, okay. The the temperature was about this. And I remember they were biting here. So mm-hmm. taking pictures is a great way to do it. But recording all that over video, you know, there's things that you forget. And that's kind of what I was thinking when it first started out was yeah. I can just kind of document some of my stuff and I can maybe help some people along the way. And I thought maybe within the first few years, if I can get like a thousand subscribers, that'd be pretty cool. So that's kind of how I got into it. That's awesome. No, and I think you make a really good point too, because when you know you talk about fishing, it's like documenting what you're doing is is super duper important. I mean, whether it's so, uh, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you a quick story. The um, we have a, another another host on the show, Sean the Fisherman, and he is he's a statistics guy, and he's got really worked down to, to a science. Um, all of the details of every single fish he's caught since I think I'll, I'll say since he was maybe twenty years old, we'll say, and this goes back a while, and he's got records and records and records that he've he's got you know all lined up um, of of his progress, what works for different bodies of water, and you can learn so much going back, and if you capture it, especially on video, if you go and, and have this stuff, you have an experience, and you can go back to it and almost relive it. You can you can learn so much. So that's that's a really good point. <laughs> that's a really really good point to bring up. Um, do you have a favorite season for fishing? Uh, yeah, frog fishing is by far my favorite. Yeah. So here in the Midwest, I'm in Iowa. Um, summer summer fishing is my favorite. Early morning or late at night, it's yeah. it's my favorite. That's awesome. Yeah, I just this year just kind of sort of pushed myself really to kind of learn how to connect with a frog. I kept missing them and missing them, missing them. And this year was the year I finally turned around with it. I could definitely see where that's a lot of fun. Is there a certain weather condition or anything that'll make you decide to call it a day or just not go in at all? Nah, for me, time, like family is, you know, number one priority for me. So any free time I get, I try to milk it for everything I can get out of it. So if it's, even if it's a grind of a day, like I've had days where I've spent seven hours on the water and I'm so frustrated I could throw my camera and rod in and it's the last like half yeah. hour there and I might catch 15 fish, you know? So it's yeah, like, exactly. you never know. There's some days you go out and skunk, but I mm-hmm. always say you can't catch your next PB unless you've got a line in the water. So absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. It's true. There's there's something to be said there for persistence, if if nothing else. What about um, the your preferred bodies of water? Are you you're a bank fisherman exclusively? No, huh? nope. I've got a John boat. Uh, my old man's got a boat, so I steal his boat. Oh, all right. Um, very very nice. Yeah, yeah. I do a lot of bank fishing though. That's kind of at my my heart. That's how I grew up doing it. Yep. Um, you know, growing up a lot of farm ponds and small lakes in the Midwest. We don't have a ton of huge trophy lakes. So yeah. a lot of, you know, three, 400 acre lakes are pretty common around here. Um, so that's what I'm pretty used to. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got the Mississippi. I'm, I'm not a big river guy just because I don't know the places and I'm not, I'm not a huge river angler, but yeah, like my old man, well, my old man likes to do that. So, you know, whether it's a river or small lakes or ponds, I mean, I don't, I don't really care as long as I can fish. And that's that. That's exactly it. Like you're gonna have the your preferences for what you like. Like there are some anglers that are just like they're all about river systems, just because they almost need current. Like they need that sort of, I guess, wild card element. You know, where it's like things can change from year to year so quickly, or you know, I mean, it really from season to season. Uh, this is probably one of my 
favorite questions that that have I've been I've been using uh, since since I started this podcast. Actually, is that there's a saying that fishing tackle you've probably heard this fishing tackle catches more fishermen than it actually catches fish in your entire lifetime of fishing. What do you feel, in your opinion, is the most ridiculous tackle trend that's been out there? And the follow-up question to that is, have you been guilty of using it? Well, so I, it wasn't my choice, but I remember back when I was younger, mm-hmm. uh, my grandpa bought me the helicopter lure, which was a, a Roland Martin-sponsored mm-hmm. thing back in, gosh, I don't remember how old I was. I was young. Um. <laughs> But it was, it was the most ridiculous thing. I tried it. it I never ever caught anything on them. Yep. Um, I guess that's probably the craziest thing I've used. That's definitely that's come up uh, at least one other time. I can remember having a conversation about it, and it was a funky looking thing, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it, it was different. We'll say yep. that. What do you say would be your number, like either your number one or even like your top three confidence baits? Uh, definitely frog. Just yep. because even if I'm not catching them, I would rather have it in my hand because you never know. Yeah. <laughs> um, spinner bait. Ever since I was younger, that's that's been the biggest thing that I've wanted to throw. Yep. Always have one on my hand. You know, just when you didn't know what you were doing, you just cast it out and reel it in. You yep. know, and then you start to pick up where does it work. Or does it not work? Oh, okay. You know, you start to have light bulbs click. Oh, it's it works by standing timber when there's ripple on the water. Or, mm-hmm. um, you know, you start to pick up on that stuff. So probably a spinnerbait, a frog, and number three? Gosh, I don't know. That's tough. Probably a stick bait just because it yeah. always, always catches stuff. You know, it's you can throw them anywhere. Um, yeah, that's tough. It's tough to, to limit it down to three, though. Oh, definitely. It really is. And I, I like that because, you know, it's when it comes to confidence baits that you just you the, one of our guests at one time had said it and I think worded it the best. Like you just got to throw and fish the way you like to, because if, if you if you're not happy doing what you're doing, you won't do it. And then you definitely aren't going to catch any fish. So, you you, you know, you, you, you got to at least do what, you know, what what you the things that, that you work for you or that you can build that confidence in. <clears throat> I definitely it's funny you mentioned a spinnerbait because this is the other other application I've been trying to work on this year has been spinnerbaits. I've never caught any fish on a spinnerbait. I usually just don't throw them. And I've been trying to push myself more and more, especially in the fall, to go and and get more comfortable using them. But I've only got a, a couple of colors and I sometimes wonder how it's going to play out. Yeah. And that's, that's just, it. it's, it's always a happy meme. I actually just talked about this a little bit in the video of we get stuck in this rut where and I'm guilty of it. Most people are guilty of it. You'll take all this tackle. And when things start to get hairy, you dial back the two or three things that you have confidence in. Yeah. So it's like, if, if you want to get better at something, understand it's not going to happen overnight. You know, you might get skunked, Yeah. but the, the best way to do it is take just that out. And I'm like, I'm trying to get into the big glide swim bait game. Mm-hmm. I've never caught a fish on like a big glide bait yet. So there's been a few times where I've taken that plus other combos and I'll throw it for like an hour. You don't get a bite. You get frustrated and I go back to a, you know, a frog or chatterbait, you know, whatever yep. that I think I can catch them on. So it's, yeah, you're right. You have to take out just that lure and not get frustrated. Like you're saying, you know, there's no point in getting frustrated. You're, yeah. you're starting at square one with something. So understand that you, you might strike out a few times, but sooner or later you're going to, going to hit a home run. 
Oh, definitely. You got to you got to just you got to make it work, you know, and 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 put the time in with it. The, this next handful of questions uh kind of came together really from other guests that kind of made me think about it but i'll start with the geography so have you ever traveled anywhere to fish specifically outside of your area no just the surrounding states really the Mm -hmm. midwest i haven't got to do a bunch of you know florida and texas california not a lot of that no so if you had a bucket list of a handful of bodies of water where are the places you would like to hit Ooh, that's tough. Probably Lake Fork. I had a buddy that went down there and had a, a ton of success. Lake yep. Fork, Chickamauga would be fun. Um, and I guess probably before I got, I know Okeechobee's kind of went downhill a lot with all the the water stuff and the the plant mm-hmm. deal going on down there with the treatment and everything. But Okeechobee always looked fun too, just because it's like the gnarliest, thickest, grassiest yeah. stuff, and just catching frog fishing that would be heaven to me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and there's also, like, I think all of those bodies of water, it's the lore of that lake. You know, like the history that they've got in in just in fishing in general, it, it's just it, to, to be on that same water where, you know, you've had, like, elite bat, bass masters or FLW tournaments and, like, just champions. Want, like, it's, it's a pretty, it, it's a bucket list kind of spot, you know? If that makes oh, yeah, sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yep. Now, with that said, uh, give me a list of the top, like, handful of people that you would want to fish with. Oh, that's funny. And, I was just talking to one of my buddies. And they can be living or dead. So go ahead. Give me a, a list of, of whomever. Well, growing up, Hank was my favorite. So if I could go hang out with Hank Parker, yep. um, him and Bill Dance, growing up, were my two favorite guys. So... I would have to go hang out with those two for sure. Nice. Now, currently, I mean, there's so many good guys on the trail now. And, you know, to me, it would just have to be somebody fun that, you know, you can learn from and hang out with somebody like Gerald Swindle or, gosh, there's so many of them. Um, I don't even know off the top of my head. I mean, (laughs) we were just, we were literally just talking about this, me and my buddy. Yeah. But just somebody you can have fun with, you know? Absolutely. Cause it's the experience, you know, like it's the, it's, it's everything, you know, it's uh, yeah. Yeah. There it's, it is. It's hard to narrow, narrow it down when you go to pro. Like we had, I asked, there was an episode where I asked this question on my Instagram story and I had people submit their answers and they were all over the place. Some people wanted to fish with, you know, rock stars and athletes. And, you know, I mean, just, just, it, it was, it was just really interesting. Some of the, input that people were sharing with us in your opinion Debo what is your goal for fishing like where do you want it to take you in the future in the next like five to ten years where do you see yourself that is a great question uh I'm still trying to figure that out <laughs> Yo, I think we all are yeah I mean for me like I said starting out it was just it was going to be to document and if I could maybe help a few people along the way mm-hmm. you know my channel has done leaps and bounds more than I ever dreamed possible so it's you know i've always said that i don't i don't want to have you know be a full-time youtube person and it's just you know with a family and stuff you know what what happens if you know something goes wrong with youtube and you can't you know like yeah i never ever even thought that would be a possibility but you know you see people now making legit livings oh yeah making a legit living off of you know solely just doing youtube fishing and stuff so yeah. I always said that would never be a possibility, but I don't know, you know, it's, that's more of a, a reality now than ever. So 
Definitely. You know, if something like that happens, great. But for me, it's just making the videos, helping people. Yeah. I get so much enjoyment out of people messaging me and saying, hey, you know, I tried these tips that you shared and I caught my PB. And that to me, that's just, that's what it's about right that's, there. That that's kind of huge. Absolutely huge. Like there is a, uh, a, a tournament, a virtual fishing tournament that just started this last June and it alternates every month. And we, we kind of partner with them and it's nationwide. Anybody can take part in it. And it's a, it's a funky little group that organizes this. And initially it was, it's, it gets to be a lot of work, like delivering the the standings and everything and coming up with, with all the information of what's gone on in the last week. Cause it's a monthly tournament or bi-monthly. And when we, <laughs> I was debating, you know, thinking like, Oh, maybe we could, you know, put this more on the blog. Like, so that way when people are there and then we got this email from one of our, uh, one of the competitors from the tournament. And it was one of these emails where he was basically saying, I haven't ever fished competitively before, and this was absolutely amazing. It made me think about fishing in a brand new way. It had me really excited, and like you know, I was checking the statistics and then hearing about it on the show. So it was like that kind of thing. When you get that feedback, you're like, I, I don't care how much work it is. Like I'm just gonna do it. We're gonna make it happen. You know, it, it's it's really really unbelievable. I can definitely relate relate to to what you're talking about. Let's talk gear. What's your typical like rod and reel arsenal for a day out on the water? What are you generally going to bring bring out with you? Uh, well, I'm a big proponent of taking a few combos. So whether I'm fishing from the banks or from a boat, I yep. I personally believe in having a few different combos with you. So, you know, something to cover all the different columns of the water. You mm -hmm. know, usually like now with it being fall, so like a top water walking bait um, is usually my my starting point, either that or a buzz bait for top water. Yep. And then depending on water clarity and what I'm around, if it's a place that still has grass or if it's wood, you know, brush timber, um, or if it's just kind of a clear, uh, you know, it might be something like a, a swim bait, something real natural versus yep. a chatter bait or, you know, spinner bait versus a, a square bill if I'm around rocks. Gotcha. And then something on the bottom. So whether it be like a Ned rig or a finesse jig, something to cover all three you know tiers of the water mm -hmm. no i that's 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 the way to do it you got to look at the all the real estate that you're you're potentially going to be fishing this is uh, an yep. interesting one so there's a scenario i like to throw out there imagine and this doesn't have to be from your own personal arsenal like you could build it from specs of like your dream combo if you will but let's say that there's a body of water you're going to fish, and you don't really know anything about it other than the fact that it kind of has a little bit of everything. There's a little bit of timber. There's some rocks. There's some weeds. There's some lily pads. It's it's just kind of got a little bit of everything. Um, a medium-sized pond, and you can only bring one combo with you with one spool of line. How What would you build? Mm. Well, it would have to be mono. Yep. Because you can fish everything, top water, everything. I'd say brave, but if you don't know what the clarity is like, yeah, you're safe with mono at least. I'm a believer that fish can see line in it. It does impact the bites you get. So I would go mono, probably 17 pound just to be safe. That yep. may be a little bit too much. 15 or 17 um, on a seven foot two, medium heavy. Probably I would lean toward more of a moderate fast. Or a fast that's just a little bit more limber in the tip. Mm -hmm. 
um, with a seven, seven speed gear ratio reel. Gotcha. That yeah. can do pretty much anything. Yeah. Pretty much that that's exactly it. You, it's it's all about versatility, you know, and that's why that's why I like asking that question, because I like to know sort of where people's heads are. I have an idea of what I I would bring with me, and I'm always interested to see how people will piece things together uh, and the options. You know, you it, 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 it would blow your mind. Some of the things that, that people are just like, this is where because comfort, I think, has to come into play as well. You know, absolutely. Like, yep. what are you comfortable throwing on? You know, uh, you know, you know, having with you to throw the majority of your baits. Now, this is an interesting one. Aside from actually going out and fishing or buying gear or anything like that, how is it that fishing has made it a part of your like everyday lifestyle? Hmm. So, what do you mean? Like, besides fishing or talking fishing, how else has yeah, it been how is part it, of my daily? Like, I'll give you an example. Like, so, so right now, I'm I'm in the process of designing uh, a tattoo, and I want to do a fishing tattoo. So that's one way that I'm doing it. Or on a much smaller scale, like right now, I have drop strap weights in my pocket. <laughs> As well as soft plastics. Like, it's just the way it is. So, like, how in those little kind of ways has that affected you or, or, or it made an impact in your life? Well, for me, and I don't know, this is kind of, it's not necessarily, I guess it's kind of talking fishing. But, yep. so I was really against social media. Like, just all the, you know, all the negativity and stuff that goes with it. You know, there's a lot of yep. good, but, like, I was never on social media before I started YouTube. So I had to start Instagram and Facebook and all that. Um, and I was always completely against it, like nothing. I, I didn't have any of it. And coming over to the social media side of things, it showed me that there is still a lot of good out there with good people um, because a large portion of my night, usually an hour and a half um, of time before I right before I go to bed, kind of my way to wind down is going through and answering questions yeah. on videos and and through people on Instagram. Um, and it's just a really humbling experience because we kind of touched on it earlier of, uh, of being an influencer, you know, you don't, you don't think about it, but when you talk about gear, when you talk about lures and, you know, go, you go into any of that type of fishing stuff, yeah. how much people really grab onto that and how much you can influence, you know, be it kids or adults, you know, people that have fished for a long time. Um, so to me, that's something that's really jumped out at me is, you know, there's a lot of people that watch YouTube and that stuff. So it's, I, I take it seriously. It's, um, yeah, kind of been eye opening. No, that makes, makes a lot of sense. And it's true. Like there, there is a lot of really great stuff. And I think that oftentimes social media does kind of, there's a dark side of social media, you know, the impact it can have on you burnout. And I mean, that's just as a, as a, a creator, you know, or, or as somebody who's using it on a, on a professional level, like it can, it can wear on you as far as like socially, like for like young kids, I totally, totally understand that. But there is definitely, I think something that's really good about, you know, the ability to connect and be social and, and all that. I mean, look at, all the COVID stuff, like social media was huge for just keeping in the loop with things that you care about and like-minded people. Like, you know, I mean, that's, that's absolutely huge. Aside from going fishing, I think I would have lost my mind. I started this podcast because of the whole thing, actually. It's, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Sure. 
Um, so now this is the the real sort of guts of how this podcast came kind of came together. It was all about sharing fishing stories, and really, what I'm interested in is is two from you. Uh, give me like that moment, whatever the moment was that you feel like you're the most proud of out on the water. Whatever it was, you know, I mean, it might have even been a PB. If 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 it's not, you can definitely share that as well. And then on the on the other side, because I like contrast. Go ahead and give me that moment on the water that was absolutely 100%. Like the epic fan. <laughs> oh, love it. Gosh, I'm trying to think. The, the proudest that I have ever been, probably when, it, when I was younger. So I was saying I like to throw the spinnerbait. Yep. And my old man was always amazing with the worm, like a Texas rig worm. You know, I remember it being those hot summer days where I couldn't buy a bite. And this guy would still be in the front of the boat catching fish, dragging a worm. And I tried to do it for so long. And like, I would never switch. You know, he'd say, just switch to a tequila sunrise worm. That's what I've been catching them all day. You know, why are you so stubborn? You don't want to switch. You know, it's that thing of your buddies catching on. It's like, I'll find out how to catch them, you know? Exactly. I, I remember finally catching one, dragging a worm because, you know, I couldn't. I couldn't understand what a, a, a bite felt like, you know, is that a rock? Is that a stick? And, you know, I would just get so frustrated. Yep. And like, I remember that, that moment where it was like, it finally clicked of like, I just felt that thump. That was not a tree. That was a fish. And then, you know, swinging on it. It's like, Oh my gosh, I caught a, a worm fish. What am I doing? Yeah. Um, all I, and I don't remember the exact fish that I caught, but I remember being out on the boat that day. Um, where it finally set in of like, okay, I can fish a worm. I can do this. Yeah. Uh, you know, just getting a lot more comfortable. So that was, was probably my proudest. Finally, that day of catching fish on a, a soft plastic worm, as funny as that sounds. What's your favorite way to rig a soft plastic worm? Texas rig for sure. Yep. For me, weight. it's, it's just, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Weighted Texas rig, like on a, a ribbon tail worm is, yep. I grew up fishing that. I mean, my, my old man was great. It always had to be tequila sunrise. That yep. was his color. I remember hearing you um, say that in a video about tequila sunrise <laughs> was the, and I was like, that's, that's pretty cool. Yep. Yep. Him and uh, his buddy Joe was also a really, really good worm fisherman. Yep. So I got to learn from those two guys, um, but both of them tequila sunrise. Nice. Um, and my saddest moment. Oh man, there's been a bunch of those that we all have too many to choose, but yeah. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I don't know that there's a, a specific one, but the, the thing that hurts me most is breaking a fish off. And that's why I'll usually oh, go with. Yeah. yeah like have, have your combos, have your line, because that's, that's one thing I see in YouTube comments a lot is, you know, when I'm fishing, a frog I'm throwing a, you know, like a seven, four heavy rod with 65 pound braid. Yep. And you know, people that don't understand it are like, you can catch a fish on six pound mono. Like you're an idiot. Why are you, why are yeah. you throwing 65 pound braid? And, you know, people don't understand it's for what you're around. It's not for the fish. I could catch a fish on, on two pound, you know, ice fishing line. Yep. But once you get caught in stuff to me, that's just the biggest heartbreak is when you have, you see, yeah. you have a really good fish on, and it takes you into something or it runs you into rocks and just snap. Uh, that's, I hate it. Oh, absolutely yeah. hate it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I recently had something happen. I was out with my youngest daughter and I hooked in. We, we were fishing this one area where there's a, a platform on a dam and there's a railing that goes around. And the top of that railing is probably in total like seven or eight feet above the level of the water. 
and I lost probably a two and a half pounder, uh, decent sized fish. I was fishing a drop shot on my uh, seven foot medium spinning rod, and I had what, what was my leader? Uh, maybe it was I think it was ten pound floral leader on there, and. You know, for for a drop shot leader, maybe a little bit on the burly side, but I didn't have my net like an idiot. And I had, you know, she was sitting there playing around on her phone, just kind of like hanging out. And then I, I hook into this fish and she was immediately up next to me like, that's amazing, dad. This is crazy. And I had this fish and I had to grab the leader because I couldn't reach down enough to lip the fish. So I had to grab the leader. And as soon as I touched that leader, it just snapped. Snapped. Oh, oh man, it killed me. I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I get it. Oh. I get it. I, was, I just saw a meme the other day of, and actually that, that made me think last year, mm-hmm. there was a day I caught like three or four frogfish off this wood pile and I was throwing a popping perch and it was, I don't remember, you know, just before noon I was getting ready to leave and I had one more huge fish blow up on it and I swung and it just snapped. Oh, the 65 pound braid, you know? So it's like, oh, yeah, you know, did I not check my line? Was it? And then like, I had a snapping turtle falling up before that. And I was trying to convince myself it's okay. It was a snapping turtle. Everything's good. Then I go back and look at footage and it's like, no, that was a huge, huge fish. That one haunted me. But what I was going to say is you lay there at night and like, you're almost asleep. And it's like a week later and you happen to think of that fish that you lost and you're like, just sitting there. Eyes wide open, wide awake now, just steaming on it like they'll haunt you. Yeah, oh, yeah, It'll absolutely. Absolutely it will. Oh, yeah, that is, it is, it's soul crushing. There is, I had, it, just measuring a fish for one of those tournaments. I have video <laughs> that was taken from a third person angle <laughs> from a GoPro of me fumbling, trying to measure. It was, I mean, this was an 18 and three quarter inch. Was it 19 maybe? Maybe it was 18 three quarter. And I mean, I needed this thing for this tournament so badly. And <laughs> I lost them on the kayak. I am very new to kayak fishing. And I, I lost them flopping around on the on the boat and I couldn't get to them. Uh, Flops right over the edge. And I like still and now I now that I've seen that video and I've I've shared it on Instagram. I'm gonna make it work for me <laughs> if I can, you know. <laughs> yeah, see, that's why I could never like People think there's this big dream of like people that fish, they always want to be a pro angler. But I think I, I just don't think I could ever do it. It would put so much stress. I'm with you. And it would be so serious to fish. Like, yep. just like you're saying, if you, if you were almost, you know, you were in first and you were almost going to win that tournament and you lose a fish, it's, it's not just, oh, it was a bad day and I'm not going to lose sleep. You know, that's, that's the difference between getting a check and eating and not you know, not making any money. Yeah, that's being able to support your family. That's crazy. And yeah. especially at that level, like I made a, a, a joke about it in uh, one of our past interviews about we were talking about MLF and how cool it would be to, you know, have that open to like your average weekend warrior and everything. And I made a comment in there. I was like, yeah, but the buy-ins for those tournaments, your average angler could not afford. And that's the... T- that's the thing. Not only are you losing all this money potentially, but you've spent all this to get there. It's like it's even. Oh man, I don't know if I've got the heart to do anything like that. You know? Yeah, that, that was one of the reasons they started MLF because MLF there is no buy-in. Oh, there is so, no buy-in. Yeah, there's not. So oh. that was the big kind of the whole controversy with you know BASS and you know yeah, you yeah, look yeah. at like interest and how those have gone and like, essentially how much you win per tournament really hasn't gone up that much versus, you know, inflation and, you know, where other jobs have gone and stuff. And then I know they ended up started, 
starting MLF with, listen, anybody can win. There's no buy-in. Um, you can have your own sponsor type stuff. And now that's kind of ballooned into a whole different thing. And yeah. yeah, I don't know. People just think it's like this glorious thing, but those guys are gone. They're grinding. You know, how many weeks of the year you're driving around with your boat and, you know, staying in a camper, if you have that or hotels or whatever, it's just, I don't know. It's you, you have to want it. Yeah. You have to want to compete and when they say in the intros and everything, they're like, Oh, you know, when I had, I had a dream to go and do this. Like that was my vision. I could, this is what I, uh, they're like a calling almost like that's what they need to be doing. You, there's some weight in those words because there's a lot of sacrifice that goes on with that. And I don't know that. Yeah. You make a really good point. I was not aware. See, I'm not really very schooled when it comes to tournament fishing, uh, just in, in general. So I always sort of assumed that there was a buy-in for MLF. That's, that's really, really interesting because i love the format you know they have an official they they take a quick wait what is it anything over a pound will count yeah they've changed up a little bit now like it depends on the body of water and now they have like the big bass i forget what it's called um heavy hitters um but yeah it used to be it's like a, a pound or i think a lot of the lakes now are two pounds or whatever yep um but i agree it's like to me and i know a lot of people just hate it because it's you know it's small fish versus show me your big five. Yeah, exactly. To me, like, you know, when they're doing the regular tournaments, you know, BSS or FLW, whatever, they've got three days to go pre-fish it. So, uh, you know, two, three days, whatever. So it's, it's like, if you have two or three full days, you know, you get a pretty good layout versus MLF. Like they have no clue where they're going. They get like a 30 minute ride through and then you've got to go. So that's like, you know, that's like me around here. A lot of the lakes is, I have no clue what it's going to be like when I get there. Like for example, tonight, um, I went to a little lake that the last time I was there, it was super muddy. So I prepared for real dirty water and everything. I get mm-hmm. there and it's like three foot visibility. So it's like, ugh, crap, oh, you know, I, I took yeah. a lot of that stuff out. So that that's why I like MLF is it's, it's just, you're fishing. You got to try to figure it out on the fly. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. But you know, it's Yeah. That is pretty cool, cause yeah, that's that's a big thing when you're when you're not aware of the condition of that water. And like, I've done it myself, where I'm expecting one thing, and I, you know, I'm expecting it to be super muddy, and and I tie on everything is black and blue, you know, everything yep. is is high contrasting, and then I I get there and I'm just like, okay, cool, let me tie on a bunch of new stuff, <laughs> or even <laughs> yeah. even worse, I, you that's know. It. You go one at Take a time. me another half hour to get tied on. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Oh man. Well, this is really great, Debo. I'm glad I'm glad this was definitely one of those interviews I was really looking forward to having, man. I think you're really doing something awesome on YouTube. You got great content on your channel and your fans definitely, you know, everybody who follows you seems to really, really, really love you, man. So do us all a favor for anybody who who hasn't seen your channel or anything. Go ahead and promote where people can find you, where they can check out your content. And uh, if you have anything, you know, special coming up or anything that people should keep their eyes peeled for, this is your opportunity. Cool. Yeah. I mean, you all can check me out at Debo's Fishing on YouTube, Debo's Fishing on Instagram. Uh, I don't have anything crazy, insane, just a bunch of stuff. I've, I've been trying to fish as much as I can yep. um, before, you know, we ice out here in Iowa. Uh, then I'll have to be doing the fishing through a little hole. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. But, uh, you know, got to work with what I got here. So definitely just more fishing stuff, more how to's just just trying to do what I can. Awesome, man. This was really great. Awesome. I, I'm, I'm glad we were able to do this, man. You have a great one. All right. Absolutely. You as well. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Take care, bud. Take care, man. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. 
See, what did I tell you guys? I knew that was going to be an amazing show. Fantastic show for everybody involved. Uh, it was really, really great. Awesome getting to talk with Debo and uh, and kind of get a little bit more of his story. Um, if you if you have not already, maybe maybe you just don't know who Debo even is, and you're just like, who the hell is this guy? Check Debo out on uh, on YouTube, uh, Debo's Fishing, and also give him a follow on over on Instagram, too. He's got some great stuff there. A lot of education as well, so if you want some, uh, some ideas uh, on, on ways to uh, change up what you're throwing, or, or, or different you know approaches to some things. Uh, he's got a lot of he's a wealth of information. I would highly recommend you check it out. Uh, also, um, you know, Chronic Trips is underway. Go ahead right now and download that Fish Donkey app. Download that right now. It's a free app to download. Do a search there for Chronic Trips, and you'll see the tournaments in there. Now, when you do download uh, Fish Donkey, you'll be able to enter other tournaments as well. So this could unlock a whole bunch of competitive fishing for you add that little extra layer of adventure to what you're doing on the water thanks again everybody for uh checking out this episode and uh and giving this a listen i really really appreciate you guys remember as always and we have noticed there are a lot of ratings over at the uh, apple podcasts uh jigs and bigs location you guys are absolutely awesome for that uh definitely want to give a big shout out to everybody who's uh been signing on to follow us over at instagram we've been uh experiencing a ton of growth over there we thank you very, very much. On behalf of uh, Sean the Fisherman and myself, folks, you guys have yourself a fantastic week. We will see you in seven days with another episode of Jigs and Bigs. And in the meantime, get out there and fish and tight lines. (laughs) 